listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. Tonight, uh... I wanted to deal with this subject as we're believing, as we're fasting and praying, we're believing for things to supernaturally change by the power of God. And I wanted to talk about this uh, area of speaking those things that are not as though they were, calling things from the unseen realm into the seen realm. Nathan Bruce said he and Jill enjoyed it. Thank you. Jill actually answered the altar call, gave her heart to the Lord tonight. So Pastor Jill's actually on the right track. Praise God. Pastor Nathan's not going to have to deal with any of that. That's like a running joke in all Christian people. I'm glad, Hannah. I'm glad. Uh, It's on our YouTube channel, Olga, and it's on our Facebook page as well. Both places. Olga was asking where she can watch the replay. Um, But I wanted to talk about speaking those things that are not as though they were. Pastor Shane said you did an amazing job. Thank you, Pastor Shane. (laughs) Um... And I want to start with Hebrews chapter 11, because I want you to see something with me that there are, actually, before we go to Hebrews chapter 11, I want to go to Ephesians chapter one, because I want to, I want to start with this as the precedent, Ephesians chapter one, and uh, I'm going to read one verse of scripture, and then we'll go to Hebrews chapter 11. So starting with Ephesians chapter one, listen to, to the third verse. Ephesians 1, 3, the Bible says, all praise to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we're united with Christ. Get that. You've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. That's the New Living Translation. Let me pop over real quick and give it to you from the the ESV, which is where I'm normally at. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So get this right off the bat. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. There are no spiritual blessings left to be blessed with If you're a believer, God has already, through Christ, bestowed upon you every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. So the question we ask ourselves is, do we see believers manifesting or living in the natural in every spiritual blessing that's available? The answer is obviously no. Believers are not uh, living in every spiritual blessing. You have to ask yourself, well, why is that? Why do we see some believers that are uh, struggling? Why are some battling in their body? Why are some battling in their mind? Why are some battling financially? Why are some battling in their relationships? And we realize that although we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, it's our responsibility by faith to pull them out of the supernatural realm and into the natural or our seen realm. And uh, somebody asked a moment ago, Will this be live on YouTube after my daughter isn't home yet to hear it? No, but it will be live on our Facebook page that that the replay will be here on our Facebook page. So because we know all the blessings are already available, 
we realize we have to we have to by faith access the power and presence of God and pull those things from the unseen into the seen. And the Bible says here in in Hebrews chapter eleven, and I'll read to you verse number one: Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. It's the conviction, or one translation says, it's the evidence of things not seen. It's the evidence of things not seen. And without that faith, I'm now down to verse six, without that faith, it's impossible to please God. And whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those that seek him. And so there's a way to access the power and the presence of God so that things that you've not seen manifest yet come into manifestation. So that the things that you've not seen come into the seen realm, the natural realm, they're still in your, what we call your heavenly account. Every spiritual blessing you've been blessed with. No, although you might be battling in your body right now, and I know people have written in, I need healing in my body. I need you to pray for my family members. Healing, we need healing in the body. Though you might still be battling right now with sickness, you might be battling with disease, depression, or anxiety, though you might be battling, notice something, you've already been blessed with supernatural healing. You've already been blessed with supernatural peace that passes all understanding. You've already been blessed with a joy that overflows, and the joy of the Lord's your strength, a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You've already been given the blessings, but the key now that you've been given those blessings is that we take them and we manifest those things in the natural realm, in the seen realm, and it takes faith to do that. But we're calling those things that are not as though they were, calling those things that are not as though they were. That's a very important thing for us to get in our spirit because uh, as as we're living by faith, we're believing God for the supernatural, right? We're believing God. I'm not, I don't want to live a Christian life so that we can simply look like everybody else, right? I don't want um, my life to, to mirror the that of the world, unregenerated people, right? I don't want to look like they do. I don't want to live like they do. I don't want to even, uh, I don't want to have anything that they have. Why would I? Why would I look like that when I have a redeemer? We've talked about that many times. Why would I look like that? Why would I live like that? Why would I have that when I have a redeemer who puts me on a different level than the rest of this world? Right? Uh, let me, uh, let me re read this to you now. I'm in Romans chapter four. And, and we're gonna we're gonna go through this passage here together. Listen to this. For the promise, I'm starting with verse 13. This is Romans chapter four, starting with verse 13. For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs. Faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but there is no, but but where there is no law, there is no transgression. That is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, 
not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith, the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Verse 17, very important. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. Verse 18, in hope, he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations as he had been told. Now think about it. He was called the father of many nations when he didn't even have a son. Think about that. Calling those things that are not as though they were. He was called and went on calling himself what God called him. This is a powerful, if you can get this, man. This will shake you up on this day seven. He, God called him something that he was not yet. He changed his name from Abram to Abraham. He called him the father of many nations when he didn't even have one son. Think about that for a minute. God's the one who called him what he was not yet. And he began to uh, call himself what God called him. He assumed the identity of what God called him. And he said, if, if God said, I'm the father of many nations, I am. And the Bible says, he, verse 19, he did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, mm -mm, which was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. And she was about 90. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he promised. Oh, hallelujah. Think about that. He believed God was able to do what he promised he would do. And he didn't he didn't uh, look at the natural and allow the natural to define what was going to happen in the future. Well, I'm old. I'm 100 years old, but he said, I'm the father of many nations. I don't even have one son. How am I going to be the father of many nations when I'm not the father of one son? And he didn't allow the natural realm. What did he do? He allowed what God called him to define him rather than his uh, present circumstance. And this is what I'm telling you right now is that there are people, you might be watching me, you might be joining in with us on the fast and this time of prayer. But one of the things we're setting our faith to do is to call those things that are not as though they are. Call those things that are not as though they are. What do I mean by that? Well, as I said a moment ago, you might be one of those that uh, you know you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing, but you're still battling sickness. You're still battling disease. But he already called you the healed of God, that you are the one. If you're in covenant with Christ, remember this. If you're in covenant with Christ, you're in covenant with the great physician. You're in covenant with the great physician. One of the things that is really interesting to look at is found in uh, Luke chapter 13. And um, when, you, when you read this story, Jesus says something that is very, very interesting because he was in the synagogue on the Sabbath day, right? And he sees this woman who had a, 
a, a crippling spirit or a, a, a disabling spirit, ESV says, for 18 years. And she was bent over and couldn't straighten herself. And when he saw her, he healed her. Well, that got everybody ticked off at him because it was the Sabbath day. He wasn't supposed to be doing any work on the Sabbath day. So they were mad. But I want you to look at what Jesus says to them regarding what he did for the woman on the Sabbath day. And he said, uh, verse 16, he said, ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, now right there, that's a powerful phrase, whom Satan has bound for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day. It's interesting to me because he's not saying that uh, for no reason. He's not just he's not just saying that arbitrarily. Notice he's making a point. He's making a point. Should not this woman, who is a daughter of Abraham, you know what he's trying to point out? She's in covenant with the Most High God, which means she's in covenant with me. And this is the first Jesus uh, was made aware of this issue, and as soon as he was, he made the woman whole. But notice his argument for why the woman should have been healed right now. Ought not this woman, who is a daughter of Abraham, that means she has covenant with the Most High God, who is the great physician that Satan is bound for 18 years, I'm supposed to let her continue in her crippling condition? Jesus said, no, 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 no. She's got covenant. This woman has covenant. And because she has covenant, then I'm going to release to her what belongs to her. And that is her divine healing. As soon as Jesus was made aware of it, as soon as he saw it, as soon as it came to his attention, he, he couldn't leave the synagogue and he couldn't leave the woman in her condition because she had covenant with him and he's the healer. And the Bible says he healed her even though people were angry about it. He healed her even though people were ticked off. He said, ought not this woman. And that's what I'm saying to you today. We're calling those things that are not as though they were, as though they're already true. You got issues with your family. Children aren't serving the Lord. Grandchildren aren't serving the Lord. What are we going to do? We're going to call it, even though it's not currently, we're going to call it like it is. You're going to lift your hands and say, thank you, God. My children are on fire. My children are serving the Lord. My children are filled with the Holy Ghost and they speak in tongues. My children are walking in righteousness. My children are not addicted to drugs. My children are not addicted to uh, whatever it might be that you're dealing with. You go right through the uh, and begin to give God thanks and praise like it's already done. You're calling it in. I thank you, Lord, that I have more than enough. Now, remember something. You can't claim things that you're not, if you're not operating in God's system, then no amount of confession is going to change the result, right? No amount of, of, of confession. For example, if you're not a tither and a giver, no amount of confession is going to change the attack that's on your finances because in order to walk in the overflow, there are things that we have to do, right? There are things we have to uh, make, make right through our obedience to the word of God. No matter, you know, you can confess blessing all day long, but if you're living in unrighteousness, it doesn't matter how much you confess blessing, God's looking for people to live holy and he blesses those that are living holy. That's what the Bible says. And so there is responsibility on our part, but if you're already doing what God has called you to do, 
if you're already obeying the mighty word of God, then you begin to confess and call those things that are not as though they were. How in the world can you imagine this woman? I, my wife preached on it tonight. Can you imagine this woman who, after the prophet gave her a word that she would have a son, and she had the son, she, this wealthy woman in, in the book of Second Kings, and he dies in the field, and people are starting to ask her how she's doing, and she keeps saying, it is well, it is well. She didn't say, my son's dead, he's already dead. She said, it is well. It is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. And, and it doesn't make sense. How can you declare it is well when the most devastating thing that's ever happened in your life just happened to you? How can you stand there and declare that it is well when the most devastating thing you've ever seen just took place in your life? See, now we're calling those things that are not as though they are. It was not well, truly, in the natural with her, but she was decreeing it and declaring it. She was confessing it. It is well. Hallelujah. It is well. That's what we're declaring. I don't even know what it is that all of you may be dealing with or struggling with, what the enemy has sent to destroy you, but what are we declaring tonight? It is well. It's well with my family. It's well with my children. It's well with my body. It's well with my mind. It's well with my finances. It is well. Hallelujah. It is well. And, and, and what, what we're currently doing is we're calling those things that are not as though they were. Calling those things that are not as though they were. We're beginning to call things from the unseen realm. It's not that they're not already done. They're already done. You've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You say, well, I don't think healing is a spiritual blessing. It's for your body. No, it's spiritual because of the fact that it's divine healing, healing that comes from the presence of God. It's spiritual. It is a spiritual blessing. Joy, because it's not natural joy. It's the joy of the Lord. It's a spiritual blessing. Peace. That Now, if it was natural peace, that's fine, but it's not. It's peace that goes beyond natural understanding. And so it's a spiritual blessing. All of these things, the Bible says that uh, when God blesses you, even financially, it's not natural, it's supernatural. Because God will do for you what the world cannot do for you. He'll do for you what your boss can't do, what a corporation can't do, what the culture can't do what your friends can't do, and that in that way, he'll get all the glory because it'll be unusual. That's what we're declaring. Something unusual is getting ready to happen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. I want you to put it in the comments tonight. Something unusual is getting ready to happen. Something unusual is getting ready to happen. If you believe it with me, and I'm talking about miracles, I'm talking about the intervention of God in our families and lives. Something unusual is getting ready to happen. I'm telling you, doors are getting ready to open. I'll tell you, one of the things that um, had been a prayer point of mine was that God, you know, because I don't just write for the sake of writing, I enjoy writing, but I believe that I'm writing books because I, I have this leading in my spirit that the Lord is going to use the books that we produce 
as he did with Brother Hagen and others, Brother Osborne, Brother Sumrall, that he's going to use the books that I'm producing to touch people around the world. And it's already happening. Uh, as you know, that you know people are buying our books all over the world. But one of the things that makes it even better is when the books are in people's native language. It really helps people, obviously. And it was a sign to me that as we were flying here, and it's interesting that it also took place during this time of fasting and prayer. And as you're putting it in the comments, something unusual is getting ready to happen. Well, think about this. As I was flying here during this time of fasting and prayer, um, we were at our, our uh, layover in Atlanta and Carolyn pulls out her phone and says, look at this. This is this is unusual. And she she when she pulls it out, she shows me two different emails, two different emails that came in on the same day, one of them from Switzerland and one of them from the Netherlands, one from Switzerland, one from the Netherlands. And both the emails said the same thing. You know what they said? Evangelist Ted, your book on fasting has been a great blessing to us in Switzerland. Your book on, on fasting has been a great blessing to us in the Netherlands. And we would really like, we neither of us, now these, these are separate, these are both separate uh, people that are not writing in together, they wrote in separately. And they said, uh, we're not very good with English, but we wanted to ask you if we could translate your book on fasting, and the first person from the Netherlands said in Dutch, and the person obviously from Switzerland said into German, I would like to translate your book on fasting into Dutch and in German. Those both happened on the exact same day from people that didn't know each other, that didn't know the other one was writing, as I've been believing God that our writing would touch the world, that the power of God would use the books that he's leading me to write to change people's hearts and their minds around the world. Now, we know people are buying them in all these different nations already, but we want them in their native language. And in one day, two separate people as assigned to me during this time of fasting wrote in and said, we want to translate. So I gave them the permissions and they're they're going to start working on the, uh, on the, the manuscripts for German and the manuscript for uh, Dutch so that people can read. Now, I've been in contact with uh, people in Colombia to have our books translated into Spanish as well. And I want our books translated as quickly as possible into Portuguese as well. And then of course French and we'll go around the world with it. But I want people to be able to receive these things in their native language and God's opening the door to see it happen. It's a supernatural thing. It's an absolutely supernatural thing. And so uh, when I say something unusual is getting ready to happen, I'm talking about things we've never seen before. Look at this. I mean, this it, this was what we put on the front, and I know it's backwards on the camera, but this is what we put on the front of the magazine for the beginning of the year. We've never been this way or been here before. I took that from the scripture. You've not been this way before. He said, why are we following the priests? Why are we letting them go so far ahead of us? Those of you that were with us at the partner banquet uh, and the Victory Tribe homecoming weekend, uh, for the for the Friday night service, you know, I preached a word on that, that the priests went out ahead of them about 3,500 feet with the Ark of the Covenant. And God gave them the reason for that. You've not been this way before. 
You've not passed this way before. And I told you that that is what was going to happen for 2022, that God was going to do something so supernatural that people were going to say, man, this is like totally unfamiliar territory. Yeah, because we've not been this way before. We've not passed this way before. And it's already beginning. God's already beginning to do it. And so I'm telling you, get ready because we've not passed this way before. We've not gone this direction before. And it's going to take faith for us to move in this direction. It's going to take faith for us to move in this direction. Because anytime you go somewhere you've never been, or you do something you've never done, it's going to take faith to go in that direction. And we've received some big words uh, for our ministry in this year of 2022. And we're moving forward uh, to do what we've never done. And God's going to open the doors. You've heard me say it plenty of times. I don't want to do it if it's in the flesh. I don't want to do it if it's in the natural. I only want to do it if God commands it and his hand is on it. I don't want to waste my strength and waste my resources doing things God never asked me to do. And so we're going to move forward doing what God's called us to do. And that's going to be the key. And so we've not passed this way before. We've not been this way. Unfamiliar territory, but we're being guided and led by the Spirit of God. But we're calling those things into existence. We're going beyond the natural. We're going into the supernatural. And we're going to begin to call those things. Maybe, think about this. What if there were people who in their whole life had never really known what it was to live in divine health? They just never known it. Been sick their whole life. Whole fa family's always sick. They're always sick. And they don't ever know what it's been to be in perfect health and strength. You've not been this way before, but get ready. Because it's going to be so supernatural that you're going to just lift your hands and begin to thank God that this is just, this is uncharted territory for my family. All those things that ran down through generation to generation are cut off because I'm going away. We've never been before. We've never been this way before. And then you think about uh, people that have never uh, been in a family situation where there's no debt. They've always, all their, their grandparents, their great grandparents, their parents, everybody was under heavy, heavy financial strain. You know, they ne never knew what it was uh, to own anything. They always rented. They, they always had to rent. Everything was a layaway plan. Everything was at rent-a-center. Always credit card debt. Always student loan debt. Always, uh, just always in debt. Never knew what it was to be financially free. Everything's tight. Paycheck to paycheck. Get ready. Because when God blesses you the way he's going to do in 2022 for your obedience and your faithfulness, You'll be able to declare, I've not been this way before. My family's never seen anything like this before. And all you'll be able to do is lift your hands and thank God that he did something for you that was so supernatural that only he can get the praise and the glory for what's going on. For you've not passed this way before. You've not been this way before. Maybe your whole family and you for your whole life have battled depression, battled anxiety, and you can't seem to get it off your mind. And all of a sudden, God touches you in 2022 because you're calling those things that are not as though they were. And all of a sudden, you sleep so peacefully every night. All of a sudden, you have overwhelming joy that's on you. All of a sudden, it's just peace that passes all understanding. And all you can do is laugh and lift your hands and thank the Lord because you've not been this way before. 
You've never passed this way before. It's uncharted territory. It's new because we're calling things that are not as though they were. Glory to God. And I'm telling you, it's going to be amazing. It's going to blow our natural minds. Only peace, Aaron. I feel it too, Nancy. God's moving already. Cast the Lord's touch in your family and things are already changing. Things are turning for the better. See, things are turning for the better. Turning for the better. And this is going to be a year of divine possession in Jesus' name. This is going to be a year of divine possession for the faithful people of God. And I'm just telling you right off the bat, get ready to walk in a level of blessing that you've never walked in before. Get ready to walk in a level of blessing that you've never walked in before. I'm just telling you, things are going to change for the better. And I'm telling you, for the people of God, it's not for everybody, and I get that. It's not, it's not, it's not that it's not available to everybody, but not everybody's going to walk in it. Not everybody's going to step up and take those things. Because, see, it, it, it's, it's something that you have to, by violent faith, take possession of what God said is yours. By violent faith, you take, by possession, what God said is yours. And you don't, see, you have to get to the place where you don't settle for the other things. One of the lies that the devil will tell you and get you to try to believe by deception is that it it's not gonna it can't get any better than this. This is this is your life. This is your life. It's not gonna get better than this. It can't get better than this. And all of a sudden you start to believe it. Oh yeah, this is just how it's always been. I guess this is how it's gonna always be. And I just need to learn how to live with it because life will just throw things at you and you gotta to learn to roll with the punches. And that is the deception that keeps people in that place. And then they don't take steps of action. They don't take faithful faith steps to get out of those things. And they think, oh, this is just life, you know. And life's hard, you know. Life's, life's not meant to be easy. Life's meant to be hard. I heard somebody the other day that I appreciate their political stance, but I listen to their theology, and I, I don't know if they're a Christian, but they were talking about serving Jesus. And they said, well, you know, I don't want it to be easy. It's supposed to be hard. Is it? Is it supposed to be hard? Is that what Jesus taught? My Bible said that Jesus taught, uh, come unto me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, carrying a heavy load, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is is light. What do you think? It's you think it's easier to live for the Lord or do you think it's easier to live for the world? Cuz I've seen both. I've been around, listen my friend, I've been around the world. I've been to third world nations. I've been into the inner cities of this nation. I've been into the uh, rural parts of this nation. I've been all over the world. I've seen what it's like for people who aren't serving God. I've seen what it's like for people that don't have any hope. And then I've seen the lives of those that serve the Lord. And I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, it is much, much, much harder to serve the devil than it is to serve the Lord. Much harder. The, the devil's yoke is not easy. His burden's not light. 
the wages of sin is death. I want you to think about this. The wages of sin is death, but God... Now, now here's what's interesting, because it's true for both sides. We know the other, but the gift of God is eternal life. Let me tell you something. Though the wages of sin is death, you don't have to wait until you die to start reaping those wages. What do I mean by that? That if you live in that, that yoke of sin, that that death will begin to touch your life before you die. It'll touch your relationships. It'll touch your mind. It'll touch your body. It'll t it, I mean, every aspect of life will be touched by spiritual death. It's just how it works. It touches you before you die. And then you go to ultimate death and separation from God. But that stuff starts touching you before you die. The lack of peace, the lack of joy, the 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 brokenness, you know, that, that stuff, it starts killing things in your life before you die. It's not easy. You ever seen somebody addicted? You ever seen somebody, I mean, in the dredges of sin? That's why I believe the Bible says God beautifies the meek because I've seen, now listen, I've seen both of these things. I've seen very old people that have served the Lord faithfully and they look young. And then I've seen very young people that have lived in sin, hard sin, and they look very old. I've seen people that are in their 40s that look like they're in their 70s because of the life of sin that they've led. I've seen people that are in their 80s that because of their holy lifestyle, they look like they're in their 50s. It's amazing. amazing. And I promise you, I've seen it so many times because God not only beautifies the meek, but he gives strength and rest to his loved ones. Whereas the devil is just constantly killing, stealing, and destroying whatever you've got. And so you start to realize it's not easy to serve the devil and hard to serve God. It's the opposite. Jesus makes it easy. His yoke is easy. His burden's light. You know how easy it is? when you don't have to deal with all the stuff that you used to have to deal with, hallelujah, it's so much better. It's so much better. And so uh, Christ, Christina Mendez said, I lived in sin and I felt like I was dying while living. I've experienced going to hell and have nightmares seeing demons. Serving God is the opposite. That's right. That's exactly right. It's the opposite. Amen. God's, God's way is far better than any other way. Far easier Faith doesn't just make things possible. Faith makes things easy. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. Faith doesn't just make things possible. It makes them easy. Amen. Doesn't mean the devil won't try to attack you. Doesn't mean that wicked people won't hate you. But it means that God's way is the better way and faith makes things easy. And so we start to read this and realize that you realize every person you see that's attacked by a spirit of wickedness, by the dredges of sin, the, the chains, the yokes. You see them start being dragged down, down, down. I've seen people at the bottom, and I didn't even understand this until years later of traveling and seeing it for myself. And I've told you this in the live broadcasts, that I'd hear men like Dr. Uh, T.L. Osborne and Lester Summerall talk about the fact that when people get saved, you know, it would blow their mind that they're, uh, their dignity would return. That was, they would see people get their dignity back. 
Well, I didn't understand what that meant until I went to nations and saw people scratching and trying to survive and living like almost like animals. It's amazing what you see in these uh, extremely impoverished places. But then we get they, get they get saved and they get their dignity back. You know, it's an interesting thing. My cousin and I were talking about this. Dr. Sumrall said, and he's traveled around the world. You know, he traveled to what? Preached in 110 nations of the world. He said, you know, what was amazing to him was that he would go into cultures, you know, in the, in the, in the bush, you know, way out where there was no civilization. He'd go into cultures where it was not looked down upon to be naked. You know, people were running around naked in the villages where he was at. But he said when he would hold a crusade and when he would preach and people would get saved, the next day they would come back clothed. Think about that for a minute. That inherently they knew something was wrong with running around naked and nobody had taught on that. Nobody had taught on you need to wear clothes. Nobody had taught on modesty. It's just they got saved and they were translated out of the realm of darkness and into the glorious light of God. And automatically on the inside, they knew something about my life is different and I can't run around naked anymore. I've got to be clothed. Their dignity came back. Something happened. And see, that's what the devil does. He strips you. He steals from you, tries to kill you tries to destroy you, but then Christ came that you could have life and have it more abundantly. And we receive that abundant life by faith. And that's what we're doing. We're calling those things that are not as though they were, as though it's already done. You don't walk around. I'm so tired here of hearing Christians taking ownership of their sickness. Well, you know, my asthma's back, been acting up. I got my, my asthma's coming back. My, well, you know, my COPD. Stop calling it yours. Since when did it become yours? As long as it's yours, you'll keep it. But when you cast it onto him, the Bible says, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. As long as you keep it as yours and take ownership of that thing, it's going to stay yours. Well, you know, my cancer, you know, my cancer, it came back and, you know, you know, my arthritis. Stop. Why is it yours? When did you buy it? When did you take ownership of it? Don't say it's yours. Cast it onto Christ. He's the one who went onto the cross, took stripes upon his back for your healing, took nails in his hands and feet, a crown of thorns upon his head for your salvation. Don't take something that the devil sends your way just because you don't want to return it. Cast it on to him. I told you the story about how my father uh, in his younger years would have that growth come out on his neck. And, and, and it, he said it would, it would stink and the doctors were scared by it. They didn't know what it was. And, you know, it was, it, it was, uh, and it would keep coming back and it would, it would, he would spit up blood and he had that growth, that tumor on his neck. And uh, he got so angry that the devil was trying to attack him with that. And he poured the he poured the uh, medication down the drain that the doctor gave him. And then people would come up to him and say, what is that on your neck, Brother Ted? What's that on your neck? And you know what he'd start telling them? That's Jesus' tumor. They'd say, what? And he'd say, yeah, that's Jesus' tumor. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's Jesus' tumor. I cast it on him. 
It's his. It's not mine. That's not mine. I don't receive that. It's not for me. That belong Jesus took it from me. Jesus took it from me. I, I'm not going to be healed. I was healed. 2,000 years ago, I was healed. When he took the stripes, he bought the healing. Now I'm claiming, I'm calling those things that are not as though they were. That's not my tumor. It's not my arthritis. It's not my cancer. It's not my COPD. It's not my glaucoma. They're not my cataracts. That's not my kidney stones. That, that's Jesus. He took it from me. He took it from me. It's his. I'm not taking possession of something that's not mine. I refuse to take possession. Zach Wilson said, Brother Copeland said about that, if someone sends you a box of rattlesnakes, don't sign the ticket. It's not for you. It's not for you. In Jesus' name, it's not for you. We're calling those things that are not as though they were. And, and you start to look at it and say, well, what does the word say is mine? And if the word says it's yours, you take what the word says is yours. And anything, now remember this, anything that contradicts what God's word said is yours is an enemy of God. Remember that. And Sister Mary's on, she said, uh, you, you sent me a video. I did. I sent the video praying praying in the car for you. We love you, Mary. I'm glad you're home. I'm glad you're recovering. And you're going to be better than ever. New strength's coming in your body. And uh, she was in the ICU. She had COVID. She's back. Hallelujah. Mary is back and better than ever. And so, Lord, I thank you that Mary's quickly, quickly recovering in Jesus' name. I thank you that no wicked thing will ever be able to stay on her. She's the healed of God. We're calling those things that are not as though they were. Though you may not feel you're back to full strength, you've got full strength in Jesus' name. Healing virtues flowing through your body. God's making you well, and you'll never be the same again. The best is ahead and not behind. See, we're calling those things that are not as though they were. And let me say what I said again so that we, we get this in our spirit. Anything that contradicts the promises of God over your life is an enemy of God. It's an enemy of God. And, and, and I could take you into, this is one of the things that gets me stirred up. You may have even heard me preach it before. That's why I take you into Psalm 77 and, and people start to wonder. I'll read it to you since, since and then we're, we're going to pray here shortly. But, uh, you know, we, we look at this passage and, and people don't understand it. Speaking of the Red Sea crossing, they, they, they look at Psalm 77, 16 and say, why would the waters be afraid of God? Like, what's up with that? What, the, the Bible says, when the waters saw you, O God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid and indeed the deep trembled. Why would the waters be afraid of their creator? Well, the Bible says all of creation hears God's voice. So when God gave his people the promised land and said, this is yours, go take it, the waters should have already moved. It was the most direct path to their promise. Should have heard God's voice, should have already moved. When they got to the banks of the Red Sea, the water should have already been standing up, out of their way, and they should have already gone through on dry ground. The fact that the water was not yet moved 
it was presenting itself as an obstacle to God's children, contradicting what he said was theirs. Anything that stands between you and God's promise becomes an enemy of God. And then God came walking toward the water. <laughs> and when God came walking toward the water, the deep began to tremble and the waters became afraid. And verse 19 tells us, this is Psalm 77 and verse 19, that God's path was through the sea. His path was through the great waters, but his footprints were unseen. So catch something with me now. His footprints were unseen. He was invisible. He walked through. But the reason that the waters parted is because God walked through. Not because Moses held up a staff, but because God walked through. Hallelujah. Ashley said Dr. Huffman was preaching on healing and talking about when he got his revelation of healing and just said, I'm not going to be sick anymore. I've been having gallbladder attacks, but I felt the Lord say those are pretty tiny to be called stones. Uh, I was like, you want me to call them pebbles, Lord? He said, like, no, you can call them what you want. I've moved stones. Think about that. I've moved stones before. I'll move them again. That's it. Is that Dr. Daryl Huffman? Is that who you're talking about, Ashley? It's powerful. It's like when B Bishop Boyadepo said, I, he finished uh, Sister Gloria Copeland's book on prosperity and he came out of his room and he shouted, I can no longer be poor. He shouted it. He had a realization. The revelation came to him. I can no longer be poor. Calling those things that are not as though they were. I love Dr. Huffman. I know who you're talking about. And I love Josh, his son. Anna, his daughter I went to school with. Love them. But think about that. I can no longer be sick, like Dr. Huffman said. I can no longer be poor, like Bishop Oyedepo said. It's a, it's a revelation of God's word that you're calling those things that are not as though they were already, because they are in the unseen realm. We're just now manifesting them in the natural realm, and we're calling them into existence by the power of our word that is filled with God's word. And if we quote God's word, we can never be wrong. If we quote God's word, if we say what God has already said, we can never be wrong. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, get ready, because when we start to catch this revelation and start to take action like this, I can't tell you how many people that I've come across in the body of Christ that have no revelation whatsoever about the power of confession. They'll just say anything that anybody is saying. They, I'm not even joking. They'll say anything they hear. They'll say, they'll say anything. You know, I, I started to write it, and I, I'll see if I can find it real quickly for you. But when I was uh, finishing this, this book that you guys now have access to, um, the, the field guide, the fasting field guide, one of the things that... Uh, I put on, I guess it was today because I saw somebody that was reading it today and it was on day seven, but I talked about, and it's, it's actually very interesting to me that um, this lined up with tonight's live broadcast. I didn't plan for this, but uh, apparently day seven does line up with it. And we were talking about, I guess I did. Yeah. Cause I'm looking at it right now. I, I talked about the power of confession on day seven for those of you that are watching it. And, um, 
I talked about confessing that we would have our paperwork for the IRS, for the nonprofit organization, even though our accountant told us, no, it's going to, well, I have some clients been waiting two years and they've not heard anything from the IRS. And I began to confess and call those things that are not as though they were. Before November ends, it will be in my hands in Jesus' name. And uh, so I want you to see something. Uh, I wrote this. Do you need to make drastic changes in your confession? Here's the question from today's uh, uh, devotional from the field guy. Do you need to make drastic changes in your confession? If so, it might be helpful to write out a series of confessions with verses of scripture as the foundation. And I wrote a couple of, of examples of what that may look like. Now listen to this. I'm not stupid. I'm supernaturally intelligent because I have access to God's thoughts and I have the mind of Christ. Sickness has no right to stay in my body because I have a covenant relationship with the divine healer and resurrection power fills my body. Hallelujah. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. We're making those confessions by faith, calling those things that are not as though they were. I refuse to look like everybody else. I refuse to have what everybody else has. In Jesus' name, I will look different. I will be different. My body will look different. My finances will look different. My relationships will all look different. Why? I have a relationship with a covenant God who knows how to turn things around supernaturally. And I'm going to pray for you here at the end of this, this broadcast because uh, we're in this, what is this, day seven now. And um, we're pressing in. Things are changing. I'm encouraging you. I'm encouraging you. Do not... Uh, fall out of this, you know, there's, the, the enemy will tempt you every day, but don't fall out of this time of fasting and prayer. Press in. God's releasing things to us. He's releasing things to us by the power of his spirit. And so we're pressing in for the greater. That's what I'm believing. We're pressing in for the greater. And that's what we're going to see in 2022. We're going to see the greater, greater than we've ever seen, greater than anything we've ever seen. And it's going to blow our minds. We're going somewhere we've never been before. We've never been this way before. We've never passed this way before. Get ready to shout through your year because God's making changes by his supernatural mighty right hand, reaching down from heaven, taking a hold of us and lifting us head and shoulders above the rest in Jesus' wonderful name. I'm gonna pray, let's pray. Those of you that are filled with the Holy Ghost, pray in the Holy Ghost. But I'm praying for you tonight, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you. Lord, thank you for the grace you've given us. And we've completed this first week of fasting and prayer. Thank you for the grace and the strength to complete this week of prayer and fasting. Now, Lord, as we move into week two, starting tomorrow, give us a fresh strength. Give us fresh strength as we move on into week number two. We expect supernatural results. We expect divine miracles that you'll get the glory for in Jesus' name. Let things quickly come to pass. Lord, I'm praying that we, you would open up our spirits and let us receive divine direction for our lives quickly. Let us hear exactly what we're supposed to do. Open up our ears in the spirit. Open up our eyes in the spirit. Let us hear and see what we've never heard and what we've never seen in Jesus' name. I pray that miracles would break loose. Let us have testimony after testimony after testimony 
of your goodness and of your mercy in Jesus' name. Testimony after testimony after testimony of your goodness and of your mercy and take all the glory for it. Let it be so supernatural that even sinners can see it and know it. I pray for those that are watching now that their bodies have been attacked and they've been suffering with sickness. Many, many prayer requests coming in. I bind it and take authority over it tonight in Jesus' name. Be healed of that sickness. Be healed of that disease in Jesus' wonderful name. I lose healing virtue to your people, God. Touch them now and let that glory come to you. All glory comes to you. You're the healer. You're the deliverer. And so we thank you for it. Lord, those that are battling addictions and their family members are battling addictions, I pray right now that those that are oppressed would go free in Jesus' name. Let prison doors come open tonight by the power of your spirit in Jesus' name. Lord, let financial doors come open for your people. There are so many that have written in that they're getting pressure from their jobs. They're getting pressure uh, even for those that uh, are pressuring people with the mandates. I pray, Lord, you open up better doors for them that have more uh, finances available, more benefits av available, more resources available, even more time off available in Jesus' name. And bless your people supernaturally. Lord, if you've got to send ravens like you did for the prophet, bless your people in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we stand against every enemy of the church worldwide. We pray. I want you to join your faith with me now because we're taking authority over the enemies of the church worldwide. Doesn't matter what nation you're in, pray for your nation. We're praying for the United States and Canada and Mexico, but standing for your nation wherever you're at. But we take authority now over the enemies of God and the enemies of the church at large that are working behind the scenes in each of these nations of the world. And I command these plans of the Antichrist these globalist antichrist agendas to fall apart at the wheels in Jesus' name, to crash and burn in Jesus' name, that whatever they had planned to try to shut down the church and to stop the people of God from moving forward, may it quickly crash and burn this year in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Lord, lose property to your people. Lose property to your people. I pray for the for individuals that are watching, loose property into their hands. For ministries that are watching, loose property into their hands. For businesses, people that own businesses that are watching, loose property into their hands in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that uh, businesses that are displeasing to you, strip clubs, I pray that casinos, all these different things, abortion clinics, may they shut down and never open again. Uh, you know, places where there's, uh, um, uh, you know, adult superstores, all these, all these different places, um, mediums, psychics, all these properties that are inhabited by these things that are displeasing to God. May they close and never open again in Jesus' name. May they close and evacuate and never open again and let those properties come under the control of faithful believers that will be a blessing to the kingdom with those properties. Let them come into the hands of churches. I pray in Jesus' name, let every abortion clinic, let every Planned Parenthood shut down and let churches take control of those properties in Jesus' name. 
Let casinos shut down and churches take control of those properties in Jesus' name. Every psychic uh, 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 that, that inhabits any, any property, let it shut down and the, the church of God take possession of those properties in Jesus' name. Lord, drive the wicked out of our nations by the power of your spirit. Drive the wicked out of our nations. I pray you make a way for your church where there was no way. Do supernatural things by the power of your spirit that would bring the unsaved into the kingdom before it's too late. Use us for your glory. And I pray that you'd blow the unbeliever in from every direction and let him be converted this year in the wonderful name of Jesus. Give us ideas that we've never had. Give us business ideas. Give us ministry ideas and strategies. Your ways are higher than our ways. Your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So give us supernatural wisdom, supernatural ideas. Show us what we've never seen. Take us into uncharted territory and use us for your glory. We thank you for it. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory. We pray that you would send laborers into the harvest field. For the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. And so, Lord, send laborers. Call people into the ministry to preach this gospel, an unadulterated, unfiltered gospel in Jesus' name. We thank you for that. We give you glory for it in the wonderful name that's above every name. Amen. I begin to thank God that it's done right where you're watching. If you agree, throw some fire up, throw some hands up, and thank God where you're watching that these prayers are coming to pass quickly. They're coming quickly to pass in Jesus' wonderful name. And we thank you, Lord, and we give you honor, and we give you praise. Now, for the next, uh, just to give you the update on the uh, on the schedule, obviously, for the next few nights, there will be no 9 o'clock broadcast like this because we're, we're starting revival in the morning. So Sunday through Wednesday is what we're scheduled. We're open for Thursday. We're open for Friday if we extend, but... Uh, there will be no, for sure, Sunday through Wednesday, there will be no, um, there will be no uh, nine o'clock broadcast. We'll, we'll be live and those will be available on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook. You'll be able to watch the services uh, from the church here in Indiana. So you can join us for the, for the services as well. And it's going to be great. I want to encourage you to sow a seed. Go to miracleword.com to sow it and uh, do what the Lord's telling you to do tonight. Some of you, the Lord's been speaking to you to sow something very significant, very significant that you've never done before. I know because the Lord put that in my spirit and then people started doing it and, and starting to sow what they've never done before. And so I know the Lord's speaking to people because we're in a different kind of season right now. Don't miss this. Don't miss what God's leading you into because you're not releasing what God's asking you to release. The best day is now. It's not behind you. It's important to remember that. People get caught up in thinking that their glory days are behind them. Oh, they talk about the good old days. They're not behind you. These are the good days and the best ones are ahead. So I want to encourage you, if you've not considered yet partnering with Carolyn with me as we're preaching the gospel around the world, it's a good day to begin. First month of the year, jump on board with us. Become part of the Victory Tribe and become a partner with this ministry. If you'd like to do that, all you have to do is go to the website, miracleword.com, and you can partner with us. There's a partner button. You can click it and fill out the form and let us know 
that you're standing with us. And uh, for those that are partnering in the month of January, we're sending that book by Dr. Summerall to you, Adventuring with Christ. He tells all those faith-filled stories about traveling supernaturally to meet Dr. Howard Carter. And um, if you'd like to donate, Mary, you can go to MiracleWord.com. There's a lot of ways. Cash App, PayPal, Venmo, Zelle. Uh, you can use debit or credit card, however you'd like to do it. Um, you can even use cryptocurrency, those that are watching. If you like to sow in that way, we receive that too. You can even, you know, every page of our website has uh, our mailing address. If people still believe that the post office uh, is faithful enough to deliver your mail and get that seed into the office, I've lost my faith in the post office. I love you very much. Thanks for hanging with me. I pray you'll be in church at your church uh, tomorrow morning. But join us starting tomorrow night in the Revival, uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. And um, it starts at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, New York City Time, uh, online. I love you guys a lot. Have a great night. Stay strong on the fast. Keep reading your uh, Bible reading plan. And uh, I'll, I'll be with you again very soon. I love you. Good night. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.